Welcome to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson, bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Today, we take a look at Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Jesus, the one who leads us, who cares for us, and brings us into green pastures. Our scripture reading today is John chapter 10, verses 1 to 15. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. To understand the parable of the Good Shepherd, it is necessary to see where it occurs in the flow of John's Gospel and what Jesus is seeking to illustrate. Remember that the overall theme of John's Gospel is to show that Jesus is the Son of God incarnate upon the earth and that believing in him, we will have eternal life through his name. Jesus has been showing us that he is God by his miraculous birth, his gracious words, and his acts of divine healing. The Jewish leaders, the scribes and Pharisees, 
don't accept Jesus, but are threatened by his popularity and seek his death. This is demonstrated in chapter after chapter in the Gospels. One example of this is John chapter 9, where we read the story of the man born blind from birth who was healed by Jesus. The Jewish leaders bring the man born blind but now healed before them and question him. They try to get him to falsely accuse Jesus of being a sinner and doing wrong. The man replies to the Jewish leaders, You know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. This was not what the Jewish leaders wanted to hear. Too proud to submit to the truth, they condemned the man and threw him out of their presence. The man goes to Jesus, calls him Lord, falls down, and worships him. Jesus says, For judgment I have come into the world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. He is speaking, of course, about spiritual blindness. The Jewish leaders hear him, realize he is speaking of them, and protest. What? Are you saying that we are blind too? In answer to their question, Jesus tells the parable of the Good Shepherd. To understand the scriptures, we must seek to enter into the world the cultural context in which they were written. The picture of the shepherd is woven into the language and imagery of the Bible. In the Old Testament, God is pictured as shepherd of his people Israel. Psalm 77.20 says, You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Psalm 95.7 says, For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Several passages in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel are devoted to the theme of God as the shepherd. He leads us, he cares for us, heals our brokenness, and feeds us in his green pastures. In Palestine, during the time of Jesus, the most familiar figure in the Judean hills was the shepherd with his sheep. There were two kinds of sheep folds one in the village or town, and the other out in the open field. When flocks returned to the village, they were sheltered in a communal fold protected by a strong door, which was locked by a gatekeeper. Out in the pasture fields, there was only an open walled structure. In one side of the walled structure was an opening into the sheep fold. The shepherd laid down at night in this opening, forming a door with his own body. No sheep could come in or out of the opening without his knowledge. Jesus says in verse 1 of our passage, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus is contrasting himself as the good shepherd with the Jewish leaders who are disingenuous shepherds. 
Jesus calls them thieves, robbers, strangers, and hirelings. The Jewish rulers were not genuinely concerned for God's people, the sheep. They used religion to secure personal power and prominence, not to care for and feed and love the people of God. What self-portrait does Jesus paint of himself as the Good Shepherd in these verses? First, Jesus knows his sheep, calls them by name, and leads them out to pasture. Jesus says in verse 3, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. In the land of Palestine, the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep is quite intimate. Sheep are raised largely for wool, not for killing. Therefore, sheep can stay with the shepherd for many years and grow attached to him. Shepherds would often give their sheep names, such as brown leg or black ear. He would go before the flock and the sheep would obediently follow him. It is true that the sheep know the voice of their shepherd and they do respond to his unique call. One evening in Bethlehem, two shepherds sheltered their flocks in a cave during the night. In the morning, the sheep were all mixed up together at the mouth of the cave. How would the flocks possibly be sorted out? One of the shepherds stood some distance away and gave his particular call, which only his sheep knew. Soon the whole flock was following after him because they knew and trusted his voice. Second, Jesus as the Good Shepherd gives life and life more abundantly. He says in verse 10, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Real life, exuberant, vital life. The word is real, genuine life as contrasted with mere existence. Zebras, coyotes, and bluebirds all have life. They exist in the created order. But Jesus is not speaking of mere existence, but of real spiritual life, which comes from sharing in the being of God, who is the author of life itself. The supernatural life Jesus came to offer is life which comes from participating in the Holy Trinity. Life is received from the Father through the death and resurrection of the Son by the Holy Spirit. John 1.4 says, In him, Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. The word John uses for abundant is beyond measure, exceedingly abundantly, extremely much, excessive. Jesus, as the Good Shepherd, gives excessively abundant life, because that life is participation in the mystery of the Trinity. Remember that real life comes from relationship. A man and a woman pledge themselves to each other in marriage. The man gives his life to the woman. She receives that life within her, and a new life is born. Annie Sullivan becomes the governess to Helen Keller. She builds a close friendship, a close relationship between herself and Helen. Helen is immeasurably helped and enriched, and her life becomes 
enlarged beyond measure. Life comes from relationship. Jesus, as the Good Shepherd, gives life to his sheep by providing them union and communion with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This is the gracious gift of Easter. Without the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there would be no abundant life. But because of his death and resurrection, we enjoy union and communion with the Trinitarian God. We share in his very eternal life. In a very real sense, you are never alone. You are constantly in a relationship of four persons, yourself plus God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Third, Jesus, as the Good Shepherd, lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus says in verse 11, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives his life for the sheep. As part of the intimate relationship between shepherd and sheep, the shepherd sometimes had to risk his life for the sake of the sheep. The life of a shepherd was one of constant vigilance. There were robbers, thieves, wild animals, and they all constantly threatened the well-being of the flock. In 1 Samuel 17, when David was keeping his father's sheep, he had to contend with a lion and a bear. A good shepherd cares for his sheep, protects them, and risks his very life for the good of the sheep. Jesus loved and cared for you and me, his sheep. He cared for us and loved us so much that he suffered and died for us. That is the absolute devotion of the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Listen to what the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 2.25. For you were continually straying like lost sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. In contrast to a good and loving shepherd is a hireling. The hireling, unlike the shepherd, isn't concerned for the well-being of the sheep and will abandon them in a time of need and run away at the first sign of danger. What makes the difference? A real shepherd was born to be a shepherd. A young lad was sent out to be with the flock as soon as he was old enough. The sheep became his friends, his companions, and he came to love them and care for their safety. The hireling or false shepherd watched the flocks only for money and not out of a sense of calling. He did not regard shepherding as a great privilege and responsibility to care for his own flock. Jesus contrasts himself with the false shepherds, the Jewish religious leaders. They did not love the people they served. They looked religious, they talked religious vocabulary, but in their hearts they were not true shepherds. They used religion for their own ego needs and bolstered their own sense of self-importance. Then look at verse 9. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. No other world religious leader can make such an absolute claim as Jesus does. He says in John 14, 6, 
I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You are listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson, bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. Let's continue our lesson. Jesus came from eternity, lived in human time, and returned to eternity, blazing a trail that each of us may follow by faith if we will place our whole trust in him. Now, modern man has no tolerance for such absolute claims. I have a friend who insists that all religious paths eventually lead up the mountain to God, however one may understand him. This thinking is wrong-headed. It is part of the therapeutic self-help worldview that seeks to fashion God in man's image rather than humbly submitting to God as he really is, as revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. The secular self-help worldview comes in many different packages and varieties, even under the guise of Christian best-selling books. But beware, for all such views at bottom resist conformity to any authority above the self. 
They are not a call to follow Jesus as the good shepherd and surrender to his care for our lives. Jesus alone is the true God, and he alone opens the door into union and communion with our true Father in heaven. There is in each of our hearts a deep longing, a need for a shepherd who loves us and cares for us. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Our tendency is to wander off the path, to get lost, and to find ourselves stuck in a ravine, unable to return home. What we desperately need is to be lifted up and laid on the shepherd's shoulders and carried back to safety. If we do not follow the good shepherd, we will find a false substitute. A wise man said, When the wells are dry, men seek to drink at the mirage. Think of the countless mirages at which modern man seeks to drink to satisfy his inner thirst. There are too many to enumerate. Hedonism masquerades as freedom, but is really a passport to enslavement. Individualism insists on its own rights to the utter detriment of the common good of us all. Minimalism seeks to exert the absolute least effort, but still expect the maximum reward. What's the very least I can do and still keep my job? What's the very least I can do and still save my marriage, my family, and my community? This attitude is an enemy of excellence, the father of mediocrity, and a cancer that eats away all levels of our society. Whatever your need or circumstance or condition today, remember that Jesus Christ is your good shepherd. He knows you, he calls you by name, and he wants to lead you into green pastures. The question is, will you let him? Jesus offers life more abundantly, the joy of union and communion with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus laid down his life for you. He gave his body to be broken and his blood poured out on the cross of Calvary. He continues to give his body and blood each time we humbly gather at his communion table and feed on his risen life. Will you receive Jesus as your good shepherd? Will you enjoy his comforting embrace? Chuck Colson was special counsel to President Richard Nixon in 1970 during the famous Watergate crisis. A few years later, God confronted Colson with his sins and opened his eyes to faith in Christ. Listen to Colson's own summarization of his conversion. The curious phrase, except Christ, at first sounded pious and mystical to me, maybe even black magic stuff. But I knew I could not sidestep the central question placed squarely before me. Was I to accept without reservation Jesus Christ as Lord of my life? It was like a gate before me. There was no way to walk around it. I would step through or I would remain outside. To accept means to believe completely. Did I believe completely in the truth of what Jesus Christ said? 
If I did, then I accepted. As I sat alone, staring at the waves of the sea, words I had not been certain I could understand or say fell naturally upon my lips. Lord Jesus, I believe you. I accept you. Please come into my life. I surrender myself completely to you. With these few words, God filled the barren void I'd known for so many years. I now live with a sureness of mind, a depth of feeling in my heart, and a whole new awareness of the living God. If you're already a Christian, remember that conversion is a daily process. We have to keep turning our lives over to Christ each new day and obediently follow Him. Will you take that step now? Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures feed us. For our use thy folds prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. We are thine, do thou befriend us, be the guardian of our way. Keep thy flock from sin, defend us, seek us when we go astray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, oh, hear us when we pray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear us, oh, hear us when we pray. Early let us seek thy favor, early let us do thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with thy love our bosoms fill. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. You've been listening to Exaltation on the Voice of Hope radio broadcast. I'm Father David Masterson with Gaudette Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S dot O-R-G. We always appreciate hearing from our listening audience. Share a prayer request with us and we will pray for you. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not 